With Drunk Theory. Tonight we are talking about Ow, that was literary fun. conspiracies. Kelly, what are we drinking? That's books for those without the book learning <laughs> out there. You never know. We are drinking juice on the loose. And <laughs> for this one, you're going to have to prep in advance. You're going to need to make blackberry blood orange vodka. You're going to take your blackberries. You're going to chunk up your blood oranges. You're going to do a one-to-one mixture with your vodka. Probably in a mason jar or something like that, whatever you have. You're going to let that sit in the dark for about four to five days. And then you're going to strain out your fruit. You're going to strain the whole thing through cheesecloth. And then you're going to give it a taste. If it needs some sugar, add some sugar. I did. So once you have your blackberry blood orange vodka, you're going to want three ounces in your drink. You're going to take a tall glass, fill it with ice, three ounces of your blackberry blood orange vodka, Fill mostly up with OJ and then just a little bit of orange seltzer water. And then garnish it however you want. Uh, we've got lime. You can do blackberry. You can do blood orange. But it is lovely and delicious. And it is my recipe. It I is pretty it. good. And Kelly made that by herself. And this has been one of my favorite ones. I Woo-hoo! think it's pretty good. <laughs> I guess I'm going to go first because I have like no research and mine is just bullshit. Okay. I, I went into this topic and I was super excited about this. It's my fucking topic. It is. <laughs> but so I said, let's do like books and literary shit and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do the Necronomicon. I don't give a fuck about this. <laughs> <laughs> we going to talk about it anyway. So the Necronomicon, which is also known as the Book of the Dead, which is a <laughs> flat out lie. And I'll tell you all about that in a minute. But, um. It's a, it's a fictional book, and it was, um, it appeared in the stories of H.P. Lovecraft. It was created by him. The first time that they know that it was um, talked about was in a short story he did from 1924 called The Hound. He wrote that in 1922, came out in 1924. Um, in that book where he talks about the Necronomicon, he talks about the writer of the Necronomicon, who is apparently somebody called Mad Arab Abdul Al-Hazarid. Supposedly, he had talked about this guy, just for whatever reason, in a book that he wrote two years prior to this. So this was a character he he already had in mind. And then in this short story, The Hound, well, this character has now written a book about how to summon demons. Um, supposedly the Necronomicon contains an account of the old ones who are like demons or whatever. Um, and it tells you, you know, their history and blah, blah, blah. And it tells you how to summon them. How to summon the old ones. <coughs> A lot of people thought that this shit was fucking real. Um, but I, you know, did they really, like, I, I find it hard to believe they really did, but I guess they fucking really did. Um, 
since, and I had say, no idea. I'm going to say, according to 40 years earlier, they would probably believe it. They probably would. I had no idea that H.P. Lovecraft went back that far. To the fucking 20s? I thought he was from, like, the 80s. No, H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft was born in, like, 1880 my, or 90 something. My mind yeah. was blown just from the one no, Wikipedia page that I used in my research. I thought he was from the 80s, but he That's was publishing shit so in the 20s. Because his shit is from so long ago, but we exactly. still... Like, we still use the shit today. Um, Cthulhu is from a hundred and something years ago. Exactly. But, so, I mean, there have been countless books and movies that are just straight up called Necronomicon. Like, so I guess that Total doesn't... Space was I guess that Lovecraft. doesn't matter, right? Like, it, like if I wrote a book and... Evil Dead. It's I called something domain. something. I don't have rights to that something something. No, it's public something. domain because it's been so long. 70 years is oh, how long Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. So anything that... That's why Evil Dead could use Necronomicon. It's but, public, um... public domain. The history of it is super interesting, but, you know, I'm drunk and don't want to do it. And I actually wrote in my notes, history of it is sweet. Y'all should wiki that <laughs> shit. <laughs> But I want to go back to how it's the lead poison. some people call it, they say, also known as the Book of the Dead. The Book of the Dead is a real fucking thing. And it's ancient Egyptian texts generally, generally <laughs> written on, I'm, I'm going to tear it up. I want to say it's papyrus. papyrus. Is that right? Papyrus? Yeah. That's what I had said. Um, the, original na- the original name for this translate to either... Book of Coming Forth by Day or Book of Emerging Forth into the Light. This is Today, a... Today, man. Oh, oh, oh shut up. <laughs> I mean... This is a book that was written by many, many, many fucking priests over like a thousand years, they say. They put this in the burial tomb or whatever they did in Egypt <laughs> with the dead people. It... Contains spells and shit to help them in their afterlife. It reminds me of the handbook from the recently deceased. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's what this is. Um, so I don't know who decided to start calling his Necronomicon the Book, Book of, of the, the Dead. Dead. Because Book of the Dead is a real fucking thing. So y'all stop that. Stop doing that. Um, Maybe he named it Necronomicon because it's Latin and that sounds cool. Well, he named it Necronomicon, yeah, but why do people now go, oh, you mean the Book of the Dead? They're they're not the same. Necronomicon literally translates the Book of the Dead in Latin. Necro is... Dead. I don't speak Latin. Nama, None of us speak Latin. And con is <laughs> like a collection. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Wiki that shit. <laughs> Wiki that shit. <laughs> the name of this episode. Kelly's turn. Is it my turn? I don't know. I have to go last. I have so much information. Oh, okay. I feel like I have so I am doing O.J. Simpson, who wrote the book, If I Did It. And I want to hear about this shit. That was eventually released as, If I Did It, Confessions of the Killer. And I will tell y'all why it was released differently in a minute. So when I was looking at this, it actually occurred to me that we might have listen- listeners who don't know what fucking happened. I'm going to give what a little bit of background on the, on the case, but I'm not going to do a whole really? in-depth thing because... They're a true crime podcast that can do that way better than us. So, June 12th, 1994, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman were stabbed to death outside Nicole's home in Brentwood, California, which is in uh, Los Angeles County. 
So she had been married to O.J. Simpson, Orenthal James Simpson, who had been a football player, who had played for the Buffalo Bills, and then he had been a like a commentator, you know, like a sports newscaster guy. He was in Naked Gun, so he was an actor. You know, he was he was doing all this shit. There had been some do- domestic violence things where you know he had been where he had pled guilty. Um, apparently, you know, things were not good between him and Nicole, which is why they were divorced. June 17th, 1994, O.J. Simpson was supposed to turn himself in because he was the number one suspect in this murder. As soon as they found them dead, her family was like, he fucking killed her. Instead, he decided he was going to try to escape with his friend Al Cowlings in a white Bronco. Which everybody watched on TV. I fucking remember watching that. Yeah. Do you remember watching that? Absolutely. Oh the my god. World, the whole world was watching that shit. Oh wow. So he was in this kind of low speed chase. Yeah, it was like the most ridiculous fucking thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Like, how did they not? What is going on? Well, he had a gun the whole time threatening to kill himself. And. Let him! I'm, and Robert Kardashian, which uh, is how the Kardashians got famous. He's the Kardashian yeah. dad. Um, he was on TV reading the suicide note from OJ, which sounded like an Oscar acceptance speech. It's like, I want to thank all my fans. I want to thank my fans for driving me to murder. <laughs> I want to thank all of my fans and all the people who have supported me through the years, you know, and this is the end. But at, at the time, uh, he had his passport. A disguise, which I don't know what the disguise was, and I really wish I did. Um, and $8,750 in cash. Apparently he's listening to the news and everybody's talking about how he's a wife beater or whatever, and he decides to give himself up. So the low-speed chase is him going back to his house in Brentwood, where they eventually arrest him. The trial. The trial goes from January 24th, 1995 to October 3rd, 1995. And he has what is now known as the Dream Team. Um, he's got Johnny Cochran and F. Lee Bailey and Alan Dershowitz. And, you know, he's just got, like, this massive legal, like, if you're on trial for anything, this is who you want. Um, he ended up being acquitted based on the argument that evidence had been mishandled and possibly planted by the police. Now, I don't know about the planting by the police, and I'm not going to comment on that. There was a lot of mishandling that was even admitted to. Well, planting, would not would that not be what we talked about earlier, where um, they took the blanket from her well, house? Well, planting is more intentional. Like They, in, they said that it, everything was so fucked up, it had to be intentional, and... A lot of people said it was racially motivated. So there, there there was definitely shit that was fucked up. They fucked the forensics, no doubt. That's not even in question. So yeah. did they do it on purpose or not? And I don't even know that it matters whether it was done on purpose or not. It, I think it definitely did not matter in terms of the trial because, it, you know, the amount of shit that they fucked up, they almost had to find him not guilty, even though... Pretty much everybody actually thinks he did it. That motherfucker did it. I mean, everybody knows that motherfucker but, did it. Like, after you hear about how much shit they fucked up, it's like, how do you say beyond a reasonable doubt? In February of 1997, they have the civil trial. So the Goldmans and the Browns file suit. Um, 
And they actually filed different suits, which is allowed in California, but they're done at the same time. So what the Goldmans file is a wrongful death suit. They're like, OJ caused the death of Ron Goldman. We want you to find that. What the Browns did is they filed a survivor suit where they didn't have to say that OJ killed her, but kind of that he was a piece of shit and contributed in some way to her death, I think it is. It's super weird, but they got less money than the Goldmans in the end, and that's what I know. So, um, the Goldmans got $8.5 million in compensatory damages. And then the Goldmans and the Browns each got $12.5 million in punitive damages. And that was unanimous with the jury. And it didn't have to be. In a civil trial, it had to be like 9 out of 12. So now we get to the book, which is absolutely fucking fascinating. So, after the civil trial, O.J. had said, the Goldmans will never get any fucking money out of me, ever. He said, I will play golf the rest of my life, and they won't get shit. He moved to Florida. He transferred all kinds of shit into his kids' names. Um, apparently, Florida is the easiest state in the world to have, like, um a judgment against you and get away with it because they can't take your house, they can't take your car, they can't take your pension. So, the lawyer actually wrote a thing in the book and he said that if you committed bank robbery in Florida, bought a house with it, they couldn't take your house for restitution. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> you can still go to jail and all that. But, but when that, you get out, your house is going to be there. The right? house is still there. Like, it is the... car's going to be there. Yeah, it is like the... What is the the average sentence for bank robbery <laughs> in Florida? I, <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, it's the, the homestead law, I think that they call it. But, yeah, it was like... So, all you know, he had all the shit that was safe that they couldn't touch. And then what... They might be able to touch, he transferred to his kids. The If I Did It book. They started talking about this in 2006, and it was kind of commissioned by the News Corporation, which is kind of the umbrella where Rupert Murdoch and Fox News and HarperCollins and, like, all of this shit lives. So they're going to do the book. Of course, at that time, you know, Nicole's family and the Goldmans were like, no, he can't fucking release a book. We can't, you know, we can't fucking allow this. But he had been acquitted, so they can't really stop him from doing any fucking thing. But them going on TV and all that kind of got up enough outrage to where the news corporation said, we're pulling the book. We're not going to fucking do it, you know, because people are like, you know, it's so shitty, you know. At that point, the Goldman's lawyer started looking into the money because there had been money paid for the book. You know, money had gone um, into this corporation, which was Lorraine Brook Associates, Inc. And that was named after the middle names of uh, two of OJ's daughters. Um, that was set up by a Miami attorney, Leonardo da Vinci Stark. <laughs> Is this guy's name? You're fucking joking, right? No, I'm not joking. <laughs> I walked into Leonardo da Vinci. Stark. Yes. So he created this sham corporation. The address for this corporation, the Lorraine Brooks Associates, is actually 
the lawyer's mother-in-law's house. So all of this money is supposed to be going to OJ's kids, which is perfectly legal and perfectly fine. Except for the vast majority of the money actually went to OJ. And they were able to show that out of the $663,000 advance um, that went to the Lorraine Brook Associates, at least 630000 went to OJ. So at that point, the Goldmans were like, hey, he owes us all this motherfucking money. <laughs> so, you know, he is making money out of this book. And what they decided to do was is that they issued a levy against the book. So his lawyers, so their lawyers were like, we're attaching this because he's making money, he owes us money, and we want the money. <laughs> so they went through court and stuff, and OJ's like, no, I'm not making shit out of it. You know, it goes to my kids and everything. And they're like, no, you know, the Lorraine Brooks Associates is a bullshit corporation, and the courts upset, upheld that in 2007. So then Simpson's team filed for bankruptcy, and they're like, well, if you want to take the rights to the book, you're going to have to fight everybody who I owe money. So they went to court, and they did that. And what they found was is that the Simpson, no, the Goldman's team offered to pay 10% of the profits from the book back to the bankruptcy court to pay for OJ's debtors, like his creditors and shit, which included the Browns and a whole bunch of other shit. So I know that you can file bankruptcy to get out of like credit card debt and blah, blah, blah. That also gets you out of, like, court debt if you murder somebody's kids. That should not be included in bankruptcy because yeah. you know how easy it is to file for bankruptcy? I could file for bankruptcy on my phone right now. Well, it doesn't right necessarily now. get you out of it. It's like all of those people have to go to court and fight for their place. So with the book, um, the Goldmans had to release it because um, they, at that point, had this obligation to pay 10%. Back to the bankruptcy court. Um, and a lot of people like gave them so much shit about releasing the book. So that they wrote a whole chapter about that, and then their lawyer wrote a whole chapter about why they had I to do put, like it that they put that in there. I mean, yeah. did they have to put that in there? No, 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 no. They did not. Um, and they like also that. had a, the uh, publisher write a thing that OJ's part was not touched. So what they did was... They added, in the beginning, there's an introduction by the Goldman family. And they talk about, they thought of it as a confession. They wanted to, it to be released as a confession and all that. But also, they kind of had to do it from this financial standpoint because of the bankruptcy and all that. They also had a prologue by the ghostwriter, which is super interesting. <laughs> so, the ghostwriter for the book was Pablo oh. Benjeves. And he had actually testified against O.J. in the criminal trial. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. Which, his part was super minor. Um, it, he, he actually lived behind Nicole and testified about when he heard the dog barking. He talks about his interviews with O.J. and all that. And he says that, you know, he tells O.J., I absolutely think you did it, and you remember me, I was at the truck. You know, so that that's the thing. He actually got hired by Harper Collins, who was the the publisher at that time, because they had worked together on um him and like the the agent or something had worked together before. So she had called him and said, "Do you want to do this?" 
Um, when he gets there, OJ's like, this is a fiction book. You know, we're, we're doing this fiction. And he's like, no, that's not what I do. So he called, you know, the agent of HarperCollins. He's like, he's saying this is fiction. That's not what I do. You need to find another writer. Just like, no, it's a confession. No, it's a confession. No, it's a confession. So then OJ says, well, it's a hypothetical. We'll do it that way. It's a hypothetical. The publishers have added a note. This is an exact replication of the original if I did it manuscript. So after the um, after the Goldmans republished it, everything after their little two chapters until their two chapters at the end is exactly what OJ signed off on from the ghostwriter. There's an afterword by Dominic Dunn. Do you know who that is? The name sounds familiar, but I don't know. He He's like a, a, a crime guy. He writes books, and I think he had a show, and, you know, he's kind of an old He must have had a show. I wouldn't yeah. know him from a book. Yeah. Um, there's an epilogue by Peter T. Haven, who is the Goldman attorney, who kind of explains all of the shit with the bankruptcy and all of that. And then they added a resources section for the victims, like uh, parents of murdered children and criminal domestic violence and all of that. So we are on the book now. Um, and it is absolutely fascinating because it comes across as like it's being told by an alien trying to mimic nice people behavior that sometimes forgets that he's supposed to be nice and then becomes like a total asshole. And, like, it is fucked up. So... <laughs> OJ in the in the whole thing is saying, you know, that he's like this model guy, you know, and Nicole is crazy and, you know, she's running around and she's doing all this stuff and he loves her so much. And he loves her so much and, you know, he just wants things to be okay, but and he's making himself sound like the good guy. You know, he's like, and when we break up, I want to be there for her. And she's telling me about, you know, the other men and all this stuff. But then, every once in a while, some shit will slip in that's just petty and spiteful and fucked up. And you know that that's the real OJ. So, like, he'll be talking and he'll be like, and she was wearing a skirt, and I couldn't believe that she was wearing that skirt. And did she even have a mirror in the house? You know, so, you know, that kind of thing comes through every once in a while, and you're like, that's who OJ is, you know. It's, but he didn't write it, right? A ghostwriter no, no, wrote it. No, and you told them what to write. Right. He wrote everything and signed off. They made it sound good, but he wrote, he was yeah. like, Went to the store, got the goods, and they were like, he went to a local shop okay, and bought. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Made it sound eloquent. Yeah, so every, everything is him, and he had to sign off on everything at the end um, to say that he was good with it. So there's a lot of that. It's like, I'm such a good guy. And she's just horrible, and, you know, she's always fighting with me, and she's just awful. At one point, he said, um, after they broke up, he said, you know, she knew that she was fucked up, and, you know, she called me in the middle of the night and said, you know, I told my lawyer that I just want to write into my will, I'm sorry I was such a bitch to OJ. What was she? Why is she famous? Just for being... She famous. just got murdered by OJ? She was nobody before that? She was a waitress when they met. 
Holy shit. She yeah. wasn't like an actress. No, or, no. Uh, she was a waitress. She was nobody. But like in one section, it'll be saying, oh, she was such a good mother and all that. But then he'll say some creepy shit, you know, like, um, there were, there was one part where he had just gone over there and she apparently had a date and was with her gentleman friend on the couch, make it out with him or whatever. Now they're divorced at this point. She's not expecting him. But what he says is, I knocked on the window to know, to let them know they'd been seen. Like, so there's a whole bunch of like just That's creeper weird. shit in there. Yeah. Um. So when we get to the murder, um, he tells the ghostwriter, he said, I couldn't have done it alone. And he's like, okay, well, who did it with you? And he's like, well, I just can't tell you that. And so the ghostwriter said, well, we'll call him Charlie. So Charlie, uh, apparently, <laughs> pulls up at OJ's house in the middle of the night. You know, the night of the murder. And he is a dude that OJ kind of just knew from being out. Like, they're not best friends. They're just, you know, kind of acquaintances or whatever. And he says, man, I heard some shit about Nicole that I just thought you needed to know. In the middle of the night. <laughs> or whatever. Um, I was in Cabo a few months ago, and I heard some dudes saying that they had done some kinky shit with Nicole and her friend Faye. So, at that point, um, OJ is livid. Because apparently he has a right to be mad that she's doing kinky shit with some dude. Even though they're divorced at this time. So he's like, come on, man. Come on now. So they get in the car together. And, you know, Charlie's like, what are we going to do, man? And he's like, we're going to scare the shit out of her. And he has a big fucking knife. He's like, we're going to go we're going to scare the shit out of her. So this is OJ saying this is what what happened that night. So he gets he gets to the house, right? And right when he gets there and he's about to knock on the door, then Ron Goldman comes and he just automatically assumes that Ron Goldman is some dude that's fucking Nicole. Which he is not. Like and there's all this like stuff about he's like, she's on drugs. Like right before the murder when he's getting up to that point, because the book actually starts where they met. So, um, the book starts, he's still married to Marguerite, but their marriage is on the rocks. He goes in a diner, meets the cop. So, that's kind of where everything starts. So, he gives a multi-year motive on why he murdered her? That is, the murder that's is crazier like one than just murdering someone. Book. That's weird as and, shit. And if it was just the murder, that wouldn't have swayed me. It's all the little, like, spiteful that's shit. That's weird as shit, right? He that says, like, in there about her where he's, like, trying to be this, like, you know, not in shining armor, dude, but then says some, like, cringy-ass shit. That's what makes me, like, yeah, this motherfucker killed her. <laughs> like, I, 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 saved her I was sure who? before, the but I am people. absolutely what sure about What the fuck about. are you talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah, he seems in, he doesn't but, seem, he probably is insane as shit. But yeah, it's crazy as fuck. Like, he does not know how real people b- behave. <laughs> because the shit that he is making up is insane. It's like nobody fucking talks like that. Didn't he get arrested for like bootlegging his own shit or something? That oh my god! Someone that... stole his memorabilia. And he <laughs> what happened? Trying to get it so back at gunpoint. He point, hired a bunch right? of people to um film and do all kinds of shit to film him breaking in on these people to steal his shit back, right? All of that happened the day the book released. 
which the lawyer said that shit can't be a coincidence. Question. And one of the dudes that was supposed to be like filming the break in, like one of you know part of his muscle or whatever, said that he was supposed to be paid by OJ signing copies of this book that was supposed to come out that fucking oh day. Oh went to jail for that. That's that's kind of all, all I really had about it. I would like to get y'all's opinion. Like, have y'all always thought? He did it. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. That motherfucker did it. That goddamn glove bullshit didn't swim. Made out one way. He fucking did it. That stupid son of a bitch. He fucking did it. Just gonna eat my fucking I mean, hold on. Let me. I'm, we're gonna. We interrupt this broadcast to let y'all know that Ryan just danced in here with Matt's ice cream. <laughs> right, it's, not, it's not mine. I will put it back. No, but I'm about to eat it. No, no, go at it. To <laughs> lead up to this discussion, we need porn sounds. Of course we do. <laughs> okay. Brown chicken. Wow. <laughs> Y'all remember that country song, Brown Chicken Brown Cow? <laughs> that wasn't a real song. That was some shit we made up. What no, that's a real song. It's Brown Chicken Brown Cow. No, that was some shit we made up. No, it's a real song. Look it It's Don't. real. It's got freckles on it and shit. But brown that, chicken, brown cow. That's actually Trace Atkins. Ah, oh, Trace Atkins. <laughs> no, I love that guy. too slow. Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Why? I don't know. I was just like cutting off my nonsense letting you go. Or I could just spend the rest of the show talking about brown chicken brown cow. <laughs> For real, because yeah. my mind is blown. <laughs> I mean, it's just hilarious. <laughs> and it, okay, so I am going to say this. Um, because I just think it's hilarious that everybody, everybody just knows brown chicken brown cow. That's porn. Everybody knows that. <laughs> And then for, you know, the redneck, what'd you say, Trace Atkins? I love that guy. I was like, you know what? Brown chicken brown cow. And I feel like he was drunk outside, probably at a bonfire, probably somewhere in Anderson, South Carolina, with his buddies, and it was a joke, and then he was like, I bet I can make millions. And then he fucking did Ryan, what are, what are you talking about tonight? <laughs> I'm talking about a guy named Joseph Smith. He was like, I'm going to learn. I'm going to do magic. So one day, he got him a little hat. <laughs> and, he, and he found in this hat, bam, is it a rabbit? Nope. What did he find? A city? Nope. A whole... Whole fucking whole religion, religion this motherfucker found out of this hat. By listening to an angel named Moroni. It's apparently the angel name that appeared in his vision. I am 100% serious. An Italian angel named Moroni. And there were, it just, this, this is what happened. This is what happened. There were buried. Buried gold tablets 
with writing on them that only he could decipher with two seer stones. These are stones that translate it for him. And where did he find these the, stones? In the middle of the woods, because that's where the angel told him to look. Could other people find these stones? No. When he... <laughs> uh, we're going to get there a little later, but when um, he... When, when he went to tell the guy that was translating for him about this, it didn't work out. And then the guy that was translating kind of lost all the pages. So then, like, a couple of years later, he was like, Hey, the angel came to me again. But the original plates were lost. So we've got some new ones. And we're going to translate those instead. But only I can look in the hat. And only I can translate the things with these seer stones, that's what he used to translate them. They were magic stones that allowed him to translate. <laughs> they and were also, magic also, stones. Also, they allowed him, apparently, to find treasure. But apparently, like, every time he was hired to find treasure, he never found it, and he was booked for fraud for not finding the treasure at one point. So, wait. But we're getting there. That was just in New York. This is only the first state that he practiced a lot of fraud. I mean, a lot of... Uh, Religioning, and I don't know what you would call it, but and it's fraud. It was great. No, no, it was not fraud. It was great. It was, it was, it was prophecy. That's what we're gonna call it. So, <clears throat> this is the story of uh, Joseph A. Smith, the prophet. He was born December twenty third, right near Jesus's birthday. If you believe the official document, December twenty third, eighteen oh five. He was born. <laughs> And he died June 27th, 1844, so not even 40 whole years, he created a whole religion. Yeah, he did. And like, I mean, this is insane, the fact that he did this before 40. This is fucking crazy. I'm 40 fucking right now. This is bullshit. I'm I don't a, appreciate it. Hold on. Can, We're going to start a new religion. What you got? Let me put this out there before Please. he finishes his. Do it. Do it. I got lots this of shit. This is not a religion. This is a fucking cult. And I could start my own cult right now if I wanted to. It's not that hard to Did we start a cult. Did we already decide that we got the followers to have? We can start a cult. In South Carolina, no, we're going to have to have eight to be a cult. <laughs> no, it's eight to be a religion. <laughs> <laughs> we can be a cult. I don't care. What is the difference? Definitionally. Um, cults have to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's I can't think of anything else, thing. actually. That is really... That's a good point. That's the only fucking <laughs> and, I, and, like, I'm not even saying this is a non... I don't understand why anybody would ever then start a religion. Why not just always start a cult? No, no, no. Always start a religion, never start a cult. Right. Because yeah. then you don't have to pay taxes. So who are these idiots out here just starting cults? But... What are you doing? But if you're starting a religion... People really are like looking at, at you. If you're not paying taxes, the government is probably going to go in and... People are looking at you if you're starting a fucking cult, man. People are looking at you if you're starting a cult. I'm you looking harder if you're starting a cult than if you're starting a religion. Wait, y'all remember... Oh, did I fuck it up? No, I was laughing at y'all. Oh, um, so did Jared Leto start a cult? Absolutely. <laughs> and y'all know that nobody knew anything about him except for us 90s babies knew that it was Jordan Catalano. And Jordan then all Catalano. of a sudden, Jordan, Jordan Catalano, in a span of three years, started a band and a cult. And that's all anybody knew about him. 
Thirty-second tomorrow started in like ninety-seven. Nobody gives two shits about that. But you just said they just. He's started. Jordan Catalano. He's Jordan Catalano. No, but the, you, you're saying they just started recently when his band's been. No, around for a lot I said people just started paying his, attention. Oh, yeah. but they didn't. They started. Thirty seconds tomorrow had like a huge number Nobody, one hit in ninety-seven. Those are the people that joined his cult. They don't count. You like that song, The Kill. You do too. You song. I'm your sure playlist. I do, but do I know? She, that it's on her playlist. She I, doesn't. It, it doesn't. He doesn't get credit if I don't know he's the one that's saying it. <laughs> he gets paid either way. Does he though? Because yes. I have a monthly subscription. I think they're doing a whole lawsuit now about that. Like, they don't get paid. For Thirty it. seconds to Mars, Carolina. There you go. Mm. Either way. Thirty seconds to Mars. Don't Lido, start whatever. a cult. Start a religion. I, I need to get Alicia to make him longer stairs. Yeah. Keep going. What you got? I don't even know where I was. You just start over. <laughs> uh, okay, so this guy, his name is Joseph Smith. He's born December 23rd, 1805. And by the mid-1820s, not mid, well, early, sorry, early 1820s, he had his first real vision in 1820, according to him in retrospect. He was his, born when? 1805, so this would have been oh, 15. Okay. Just like Joan of Arc, right? so her, her first vision actually was a little bit younger. So, nothing crazy back then, it happens a lot, whatever. So, like, 15 years, he had his first vision. Later, he described the visions as, I believe, Jesus and another figure in the Holy Trinity, even though they're supposed to be the same entity, but just in different forms like on earth and in heaven or whatever but he saw all of them i don't know exactly but he kind of got crazy and then at one point uh in 18 like 23 he saw this angel the angel marani or moroni m-o-r-o-n-i i'm not trying to pronounce it like moron i don't she just keeps laughing because of that i'm not trying to no 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 I, no, 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 I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to point out. I'm not trying to pronounce it. It's not you. It's us. Rudely, I know. I'm, I'm saying. I'm not, like, I'm trying not to pronounce it rudely. But no matter how you say it, this angel was named dumb as shit. I'm sorry. The archangel Michael, awesome as shit. The angel Gabriel, cool as shit. There's all kinds of awesome angel names. The angel Moroni. Exactly. Every time it's funny, you could come up with a better name, but well. I digress. Whatever. So, he sees this angel in a vision, and this angel tells him where to find some buried gold manuscript dealio type things. And buried near or with these manuscripts are what are known as seer stones. These allow Joseph Smith to translate the holy message that is written down on here instead of just being told, I guess. Because, you know, God wants to make it super difficult to get his word out there, however he does it. It's like a riddle. It's always bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah, really? You have to do something hey, to earn here's ten exact commandments. If you don't do them, you go to hell. Ask how you read them. Oh, you have to be translated through <laughs> a, an angel named Maroni. Exactly. Every time she laughs. And I know that. she's going to laugh because I made her. I'm God. I made her. So I know she's going to laugh every time I send her this angel named Maroni. And I want her to translate it with two random seer stones. Now, can anybody else use these stones or read any of this shit? 
Hi. Of course not. Of course not. Oh, they can't. It's only for the one But God. I will say, after the visions and the... Uh, basically, what these plates transcribed was uh, the ancient American history before anybody landed, and anybody come over over the land bridge and Native Americans landed here. He had a super ancient manuscript that said Christians have been here like for a whole long time forever. And like they were, mm, we own this land. So he's going to just take over, you know, his shit and he wants to make what is known as an American Zion. Zion is like a Christian, like super peaceful commune cult type deal. You know where everybody like is on the commune and everybody gets along and Everybody's cool. We don't use money. We all just trade and live together in harmony. That's love he, bombing, which y'all would have uh, like about a, in our cults. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he wanted an, a modern-day Eden, even though that's not even closely possible with more than four or five people because the only way to take something that everybody wants is by force. You can't take something by force if everybody... It's just, it, it doesn't work. Wait. Just FYI, whatever. No. <laughs> We're not even going to get into that, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So... <laughs> He translated the plates, released the Book of Mormon, and uh, started a new religion. Now, all this happened during what is known as the Great Awakening. The late 1800s, the Protestants, which is an offshoot of Christianity, had a big religious revival, especially in the South and Southeast, where they did what's known as a revival, even though that's the same word I just used. Revivals are like a big tent, outdoor type dealio, <laughs> where instead of just a small church where anybody get together, you had hundreds of people outside. Is it outside. like the Mississippi <laughs> Exactly like that. Uh, like it, they, they use what they even described it. It's they use theatricality and a lot of, like used a lot of emotion and a big Tent, like not just tent, but a big like it's like a big event. You don't limit it to indoors. You get as many people as possible to convert all at the same time and have like a big thing. And that's what his whole deal was, revivals. So that's that's like what's going on right now. And he's like right in the middle of this. Hey, I can translate this shit. Y'all can't see it, so it's like a new whole religion. So then at one point. <clears throat> Nobody else could see this shit. Everything got lost. So the guy that was translating it lost everything. He didn't have records of it. Like some shit got like fucked up. <laughs> so he had a new guy start translating new stuff. The old guy started reading some of the new translations. And somehow they were ever so slightly different than what he remembers writing. So Joseph Smith was like, uh, the angel was like, this is new plates. And this is kind of the same, but not exactly the same. So it's not going to be the same words. Also, you, nobody else could see these or same. translate them also. But at one point he had what's called, hold on, I wrote it down. Let me look at it. Hold on. Okay. After he translated this shit, he had what it was called known as the three witnesses. These three witnesses confirmed they saw the angel and saw these golden plates, and they were like, "Oh my life! Oh, I saw this. This religion is real as shit," and that convinced some people. But people were still like, 
I don't believe all this bullshit because it's ridiculous. And the angel's name is Baroni. Like, what the fuck? I can't get past that. So then he had the eight witnesses. So he doubled it and added two. I'm not making this up. So now this is eight witnesses that verified they also met this angel. But hold on, because I'm, I'm still stuck on where, like, at, at the first time, <laughs> he was like, so I got these plates. And You're these way plates. too far back here. <laughs> no, because no, no. I was letting you go. And then, <laughs> Well, at one point, going, at one point, on. no, no, I'm going to explain before you, I know what your question is. At one point, he had someone else try to. Yeah! Try so to translate they plagiarized the them, the and woman. then the angel and, supposedly and really, was just like, no, no that no, no, was no, just no, 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 no. The, the woman translated it, and it was almost, almost exactly 100% the same, except for it wasn't exactly the same. It was but kinda, then the angel said, what? Yeah, the angel was, said. Was, no, when the woman translated it, was just the gist. So then, like, everything got lost. And then they refound the place. And then a new guy started translating for them after Joseph Smith told them what to write down. <laughs> so the first time he got questioned, a woman was like, oh, I can read it too. Buy but her, woman. No, 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 no. No, it's not the woman's fault. She just couldn't remember exactly what to say so she had to make <laughs> it up on the fly having some of and it was slightly different than the words he said because he also made it up on the fly so we get Start from let's scratch make it from up again yes. we lost them we lost them and now, now God said you're in trouble for trying to prove me false here's, here's new words because that makes sense so here's a new translation that only you could read again. So here comes Big Bang God, and he's like, "Boy, you done fucked up." <laughs> so, 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 so to prove you fucked up, you just get a new translation. The only way to make it up to me is, is to, to now do this one instead because the other one was. How you get the third remake of <laughs> what movie? Sharknado the movie or whatever. Exactly, you get like Sharknado made oh my in twenty eighty. So what Sharknado in space? I would say. Which, by the way, on my letterbox <laughs> of the movies that I have watched and reviewed, <laughs> Sharknado is the lowest rated by everybody else. I gave it like four and a half. St- we had a Sharknado bobblehead. It's that guy. From, <laughs> it's that guy from the the swimsuit Not thing. Right Yes. No, the guy from Night Baywatch Rider. or whatever. Night Rider. Is he also on Baywatch? Yes. Okay, well, he's the guy. David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. Night Rider. Hasselhoff bobblehead. It's a... You tell people that it's a Night Rider and bobblehead because it's not. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> Did you have to like Night Rider wasn't a thing? I don't know about Night Rider. <laughs> All right. So we've barely gotten into this. Yeah. <laughs> so he finds the golden plates. Finds the whole Christian history of America. So <laughs> the Christians have been here forever. It's a whole big thing. And in 1830, he published the English translation of the plates called the Book of Mormon. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. In 1838, he had a big revelation, and he wanted to 
change the name of the book to, or not, not the book, the whole movement, the people, everything, to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, this is right after they were called Mormons, and right after the... I'm gonna I'm gonna say this exactly as it was written. The Mormon Extermination Act was passed. Now we're gonna get to that in just a minute. I'm not even close to joking. I told you this was fucked up as shit. He translated all this shit, got a got a little bit of a following because revivals were a thing, Protestant religions were a thing. There were a lot of offshoots. There's a lot of things going on. Third day Adventist, Mormons, there's a whole lot of religions being started. They're kinda Christian, Catholic, and just offshoots and, you know, some are crazy, some aren't, a lot are, whatever, everyone, just whatever you want to say. So, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was known as Mormons because they followed the Book of Mormons. This was a follow-up book to all of Christianity that was the Jewish Bible, and then after that, the New Testament of Christianity. Now... What Joseph Smith wanted to do after the book was released and translated was to create a modern American Zion, which is a peaceful community of all like-minded <clears throat> religious people. So basically like a big Christian Mormon commune. So they tried to do this in the state of Missouri. Now, that didn't go over well for them. They stayed there for roughly... A year or two, this was after they left New York because New York was kind of iffy about the situation and he wanted more of a free place. So the farther west you go, the more free everything is because there's less government. Like California's gold rush, like everything farther west is crazy. So let's go to Missouri. And it works well for a little while, but he gets really popular in local government and in a lot of places because everyone votes for him because they're the same religion he is, not because they like his ideas. And the local people were like, fuck this dude. He just came in and took over everything because everybody voted for him because they all moved here at the same time. So the Mormons just flouted locals, flouted all the local laws. They didn't pass laws they wanted. They just did whatever they want, which includes polygamy, multiple wives. And I'll say this, not, along with, not Joseph Smith, but the second leader of the Mormon church, Brigham Young, had 55 wives and 56 children. So, there you go. No shit, they're like, just fuck it, we'll do whatever you want. Get elected to local government. They also don't pass laws to do what they want, but do what they want without the laws. And then eventually, Joseph Smith passes martial law because the locals were fucking with his guys so much, or people so much. He was like, oh, martial law, without the power to do it. So, okay, I was just about to say, <laughs> say yeah, yeah, this is crazy as shit. This. So now the state... Like citizens are right. Yeah, so the state, the state calls in the state militia, and he has a whole bunch of people create their own militia. And so Missouri creates, and I'm not even joking, like I said, the Mormon Extermination Act. Now, extermination was meant... At the time, the, the definition for it was was meant to be leave the location you're at. Not kill everybody, but leave where you're at. But at some point, the Mormons got shot and some locals got shot and a fight broke out and all kinds of shit. So a bunch of Missourians, I don't, I don't know exactly what y'all want to call yourselves, but I'll say Missourians, got together 
and apparently 17 or so Mormons got killed on October 30th of 1838. No, so earlier. Sorry. 18 Mormons got killed roughly in 1835 or so, and we're like, fuck it. We're all going to leave. So 2,500, that's, that's the rough estimate. Mormons or Latter-day Saints, because they changed their name after this because they didn't want them to be known as Mormons anymore because all this shit went down in a whole fucking state. Got all their shit destroyed, burned to the ground, every position they had, and were made to just leave the state in shame. They went to Ohio. Now in Ohio, (laughs) they also got elected to a bunch of shit by, you know... Voting all together and things went bad again. <clears throat> they were in Ohio and sent some missionaries to a place called Nouveau, Illinois. Now, in 1844, a whole bunch of shit went down and Joseph Smith got charged with a fucking treason. Tre- yes, holy shit, treason. Thank you. Treason. He's in Missouri, but he's sending missionaries to Ohio. So he's living in Missouri, but he has a whole bunch of his people in Ohio after they moved on from Missouri, a couple of states over. He's accused of having a relationship with one of his living house cleaners or house maidens, and she's a teenager. Her name is Fanny Ward. He gets all kinds of shit in the town he has, decides to create a bank with all his partners, that fails not even 60 days later, within a month, about 35 days. All his people in Ohio are starting the same shit they've started in Missouri and are about to have problems. And he creates his own militia in Missouri, no, sorry, in Ohio to go to Missouri to fight the people that are trying to arrest his congregation. You can't do that. You can't make your own army to fight the government army. So they charge him with treason, uh, the thing with the girl, uh, and a bunch of other things. So he decided he's going to go back to Missouri and face the charges with his brother. They get back, and a uh, mob storms the jail that him and his brother are at. They have a shootout. Somehow he has a gun, and his brother have a gun also, There's a big shootout. The brother gets shot in the face and immediately is like, ah, I'm about to die. Falls over dead. He runs upstairs to a second floor and is, (laughs) and he gets shot. No, no, this is what happens. He gets shot through whatever window and as he's jumping out the window, he fucking dies, falls on the ground, dead as shit. So he got shot in the face. No, his brother brother got shot in the face. He got shot multiple times in the body while trying to jump out a second floor window and Okay, but the brother the just immediately died, right? Because he got shot in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I thought you were saying <laughs> they were the bro- <laughs> he got shot in the face and ran upstairs. Ran upstairs, jumped out yeah. the window. His brother got shot. He ran upstairs trying to get away. Got Couldn't get away from the mob. Got shot multiple times, jumped out the window, and died on the way down. All because they were back in Missouri trying to face... Treason charges because he wanted to deal with it, so he wanted his religion to live on. He fucked up, got killed. Yeah, but we still got our out. Whatever. Uh-huh. Are you done? Yeah. That was it. He got murdered. I mean, what else is there to say? <laughs> oh, he got murdered, and Brigham Young took over and made a whole new. 
fucking outpost in Salt Lake City, Utah, which he founded, which is still a Mormon (laughs) mecca to this day. Yeah. Mormons and people that want to break speed records, that's why you go to Salt Lake City. I guess it's promo time. There's our promo. This way Nobody we, wants a promo now. This way we got to sort of good. I'm sorry that you're associated with this horseshit. <laughs> Here's the sort of goods. Go listen. Find them wherever the hell and just fucking listen because they're cool. You ever wish you could learn just a bit more about the world but have no idea where to start? Well, I know how you feel. And that's what the Assorted Goods Podcast is here for. Join Dan, me, bad student turned curious mind who's just trying to get a tiny bit smarter as he gets a little older. Every episode, I pick a big topic or idea, do a little research, see what I find, and then I pass it all along to you. It's a podcast for anyone who's too damn busy to do the research. It's what I'm here for. So stop by Assorted Goods, have a listen, and join me on my journey to figure out the world one story at a time. Find Assorted Goods wherever you get your podcast, and I'll see you there. Oh, shit.